Welcome to Soul Forum. We're delighted to have you here for this series we're calling Soul Body. Each conversation in this second season takes us deeper into the experience of our own bodies, the collective body, the earth body, and even the cosmic body, as we explore the way soul finds expression in our time. We hope what you discover along the way helps you journey a little deeper into your own soul body. In this episode, Dan reflects on his chat with Nina as she shifts the conversation beyond the way we engage our bodies physically to discover a sense of soul and into the stories our bodies hold. How might you pay attention to your body in a way that allows the wonder and dynamics of your own story to layer wisdom into the journey? One of the things that um, I want to make sure we kind of at least talk about before we move into the content for today and my conversations with Nina is that when you begin to pay attention to body, and particularly today as we pay attention to what the body kind of holds, the memories, experiences, sensations that are literally stored inside of your body from the minute you are uh, born and uh, start experiencing life to the moment we're in right now, your body retains uh, so much of your own personal history. And we all know that those personal stories can uh, be filled with moments of ecstasy and wonder and delight and joy, but also um, experiences of pain and trauma and, and um, experiences that we have to absorb in our bodies that are damaging to us. And so this content can sometimes open up those connecting places to those experiences. And we know that those places of connection can overwhelm us sometimes. They can be so powerful and have their own kind of energy that they, um, they demand a level of respect. And so if this content um, triggers for you some connection to um, memories or moments that are painful, I would just encourage you to make sure that you're um, not just trying to do that by yourself right, to seek some supportive help, um, a listening ear, maybe even someone who practices somatic therapies that can help you pay attention to what comes up for you. And so we just want to acknowledge that. We know that it's um, our bodies store a lot, uh, and trauma is one of those pieces of the puzzle. So just a little bit of a, a heads up on that as we move into the content for today. One of the things that um, I discovered in talking to Nina, and I hope you can kind of reflect on for today, is this idea that for many people, and I experienced this too, and, and maybe you did, we construct our idea of soul by importing um, a traditional notion of what soul might be, right? We, we appropriate or we impose kind of an institutional understanding of soul as a starting place oftentimes. And I've been as guilty of that as the next person, right? I, I grew up in a family system that had collectively decided before I was born that the idea of how I was to connect with the spiritual world or even maybe my own sense of spirit self was going to be crafted for me uh, inside of a religious tradition that had been established for a long time. So I imported my idea of 
how I interact with the mystery of the universe. I imported that from an outside source. And the more I talked to people, the more I thought, you know, and I respect that path, and, and that path is brings some value, I think, and some clarity and language and some milestones that can help. But I realize now that, you know, sometimes we're sort of easily seduced into this idea that simply grabbing on to a, um, a preconceived notion of what soul is and just kind of buying the program, it, I'm not sure how much that can go with you uh, through sort of the full expression of life that you're going to experience as you just mature and grow older, right? And I, I think I, I sort of wish now in listening to Nina that I had been more attentive to paying attention to the nuances of my own inner story, my body story even, and learning the patterns of that as a, as a kind of a way to integrate more fully my ever-expanding experience of body into my spirituality. So I'm hoping today that as you're listening, you might allow yourself this capacity to say, how can I more fully uh, tend to the story of my body? And could I listen to it in a way that allows me to uh, maybe integrate more of my own story into my spiritual path? And I hope that maybe becomes a, uh, um, a way for you not to let maybe the dominant story um, overwhelm the possibility of you finding um, new and fresh stories for yourself. When I met with Nina, uh, she literally tells the liberating story of learning to listen, learning to listen, to the stories that are held inside of her own body in order to craft a path forward or, or into her sense of soul or wholeness or who she really is or the kind of growing edges of who she's becoming. This capacity that Nina stumbled into in some ways uh, to try to begin to listen to her own body is what um, we want to explore a little bit today and what she shared with me in my conversation with her last week. One of the ways that I feel like I've explored the power of our body is, is how our body really holds our story. Mm. It really holds the story of us from the moment that we were uh, born to throughout our childhood, our teenage years, our adult, and we respond really to a lot around us in the world through our body. If you just think about how um, when you feel excited, you have a certain sensation that you feel in your body. You might feel space in your body. You might feel um, like little uh, like electricity buzzes around the body. Yeah. Or how our stomach contracts when we are responding to something with fear mm -hmm. um, or um, surprise, for example. And so my journey uh, of seeing the body really as containing our story and really holding a lot of our um, narratives, our emotions, um, our memories really in them has been a big part of my healing journey. Yeah. Um, as someone that really started 
out uh, very disconnected from the body due to um, uh, difficult and painful experiences as a child. Um, it's been it's been quite the journey to actually open up the book of the body mm. and to really see the body as holding chapters of our lives uh, yeah. and being able to really look deeply into those chapters and and being able to see um, what sensation is being held in response to this painful memory mm. from when I was five versus 13 versus 20 versus 30 and so forth. Mm. And um, really using that book as a way to have a manual for yourself. You really understand. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, you really understand yourself better. It's really quite the journey of self-discovery um, using your body yeah. as the, the method. How do you, so that's a beautiful way of describing it. I like the way that it's a book with multiple chapters and that it can turn into sort of this guiding manual, almost like a reference point. Uh, along the way. How do you find, because not everybody, and you were struggling with this too, right, knows how to read that book. So what were some of the ways in which you discovered you were able to begin to see, oh my goodness, there's a story here. What, were there some practices you went through? What, how, how do you find that story, I guess? How do you open that book? That, that's an ongoing journey for me. I, I have a feeling that'll be a forever journey for me, and I'm, I'm constantly finding new ways. But I will say it really started when I was a teenager, and I picked up my first yoga DVD. And I had no idea why I did that or what led me to get that DVD at all. Um, but I was very drawn to the practice of yoga and little did I know at the time that was really the start of my journey of learning my body and and understanding how my body held so much that I didn't really understand at the time or could process at all I had no idea what I was doing right to me it wasn't necessarily a spiritual practice at the time it was really just something that I felt drawn to doing as a way to relieve what I didn't know how to name at the time, which was really um, anxiety and stress and dealing with unresolved trauma. Mm. And so that is when that really started. And then as I got older, um, came back to yoga again, but this time really as a spiritual practice and, and being on the mat and noticing what your body is doing when you're on the mat. And when you find those moments of stillness and you notice that I'm still, but my heart rate is high right now. What is going on? Yeah. Or I'm literally standing on this mat and I can feel pulsing at my fingertips. What is going on right now? And that's when that inquiry starts mm. of even in the moment of stillness, that's when we actually notice what is happening in our body. It's when we find the moment to pause yeah. and actually look within and ask what is happening right now? in my body. Where is it happening in my body? Is it happening in my hands, my legs, my stomach, um, my head, my jaw? Yeah. And so that's when it really started was through my yoga practice and then onwards towards meditation and really using meditation as a way to journey inward. In some ways, I think her story is a reminder of the, the way in which so many of us have, in a sense, taken that which should be the deepest kind of intimate conversation we're having, whether it be with our own bodies or with our, the bodies of another, our 
the people we love, care about, our communities, the, the natural world. And we tend to, I don't know why we do this, but we tend to kind of objectify them and put them in this place where they become, like we talked about weeks ago, this Buber's notion of I and it, right? All that is becomes this external entity that we're engaged with, and we lose this sort of intimate connection to the things that matter most. And the pathway that Nina explored on the yoga mat, and then I'm going to hopefully kind of unpack a little bit today and next week as well, and that you'll hear April talk about as she interviews Nina, is a, is a way to kind of uh, break beyond that I-it relationship, even with your own flesh and blood, and to, it sort of embrace your own body as a sort of a sacred body that wants to be in communication with you, right? Wants to be in conversation with you as you journey more fully uh, into your sense of life. So Nina, she steps onto the yoga mat. She pauses for a time on the yoga mat, guided, of course, by that $5 DVD. And at first, it was all about the physicality of it right? The pushing of the body, the stretching, the capacity of body, like we talked about, um, kind of feeling body from just a physical point of view. But over time, she began to realize that if she slowed down her yoga practice, and rather than trying to just um, like achievement-based, push out some, uh, you know, a great sweat or a good stretch, but just to hold these beautiful yoga positions and then spend time listening to the sensations of her body while she was holding those positions, she began to hear kind of the body's language underneath that sort of dominant fight or flight narrative that was so overwhelming. She began to hear the more subtle voices of her body. And I will say, when I first started off with yoga, I didn't even know how to name sensations. I mean, that itself was so foreign oh, wow. to me. Just, just the fact of feeling, at the time, I would make it so black or white of, I feel good or I feel bad. Yeah. That's really the only language I knew at the time because I was so disconnected from my body. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even know how to name sensations. I would go to the doctor and they would tell me, on a scale of one to 10 for pain, What's your pain? And I would literally sit there and think, I don't have no idea how to measure <laughs> no that. Reference point. I have no idea how to measure that because I am myself have always been in a perpetual state of fight or flight. So, Ooh, so wow. that and that I think is where understanding our history and understanding our experiences can really help us understand what set point we've been dealing with. Yeah. And through therapy, it really opened me up to somatic work. So somatic therapy, yeah, talk about that. Uh, working with the somatic therapist mm-hmm. and uh, working with the somatic therapist really involves linking the talk aspect of therapy with what is happening in your body in a very mm-hmm. safe uh, environment. Yeah, yeah. like and there's check-ins or something. So you're really tending to both, both activities at the same time. That's what you're trying to Absolutely. Try, yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of um, checking in with what is happening in the body. And really, that's where I learned to name sensations. You know, one of the, the mm-hmm. things that I remember my somatic therapist telling me is 
uh, whenever I would name a part of my body, I would act as if that part is third person. So I would say the leg is doing this or the arm is doing that. And he and he would bring up, um, how about if you say my leg? my arm and i was like that does not that feels foreign to wow me. so you were literally <laughs> referring to your own body as a third party as outside of me oh, oh yeah wow. and i had no idea i was doing that i was doing that for decades i was just gonna say that's point. probably a learned practice that was a defense mechanism at some at some point i mean you oh must absolutely because i'm that's not typical but I totally get it. I Absolutely. Totally get it. You know, he'd be like, oh, you feel joy right now. Where do you feel that? I feel uh, like fairies are dancing on the arms, <laughs> you know, or I feel like there's sunshine and warmth on the fingertips. And so it really took uh, intention oh my goodness. and practice. And, and now it's now I, I've become much more comfortable and it's it's default for me to say my leg, my arm, yeah. my ears, my yeah. head. Um, but in the beginning of that practice, I mean, when you're so disconnected from your body, it literally feels like it's not your body. It feels like it's something that you're borrowing or it's, it's outside of you. But over time, she began to realize that if she slowed down her yoga practice and rather than trying to just um, like achievement based, uh, push out some, uh, you know, a great sweat or a good stretch. But just to hold these beautiful yoga positions and then spend time listening to the sensations of her body while she was holding those positions, she began to hear kind of the body's language underneath that sort of dominant fight or flight narrative that was so overwhelming. She began to hear the more subtle voices of her body and the subtle voices throughout her body. And that began to help her kind of um, um, get a, a, almost like a deeper relationship going with the narrative within her own body. That capacity to sort of slow things down and listen has been one of the themes that we've heard over and over and over again as we've interviewed people about their way into their idea of soul. Right? It's almost like um, as Nina slowed down on the yoga mat, it's just one more reminder for you and for me of this, there's something about slowing down that is just super helpful. Right? We just forget it because we're always rush, rush, rushing, or we're trying to get to the end of the DVD, you know, metaphorically. But there's something about pausing and listening like when Papa John talked about that in listening to neighbor or friend or listening to nature, or when uh, I think it was Cole who talked about kind of listening to the patterns of the seasons. There, there is this capacity in listening to your own body that awakens a conversation. And for Nina, that conversation began to awaken as she slowed her breath down and began to pay attention to the narrative that was held inside of her body. What she discovered there and what she shared with me is that she realized, and, I, and we maybe forget this, she realized that throughout her entire life, right, her body never forgets. That everybody's body always remembers that all of your experiences 
all of your sensations, all of your moments, while we forget them in our head, your body tends to be able to hold on to them. It tends to keep them like an old historian in a library, holding them, allowing them to uh, fill up the shelves, right? And you become this complex story yourself, and this body holds that story. It's a wonderful way of thinking about the beauty of your own body, not with its generative capacity to do stuff, but its capacity to simply um, be you, right? And hold inside the story of you. For Nina, she realized that as she began uh, quickly to sort of discover what was going on in her body, that she was going to need some help. And so she reached out to a somatic therapist and uh, did some other work to try to make sure that she was getting the skill set she needed to be able to have this healthy conversation. So clearly it's one that we're not all skilled at, right? And we could use some help learning and discovering how to do that better. But I think what happened for her, and maybe what could happen for you, and hopefully what happens for me too, if you're tending to that, it does begin to create a kind of a new landscape on which you can build or articulate or explore your own soul's journey, right? Your deepest self. It gives you another way, apart from sort of the institutional norms that maybe you've adapted, or the cultural norms that you're living into as a way forward, and you're actually finding some other place to inform this journey into your sense of soul. When I talked to Nina about how that worked for her, clearly, um, as she began that journey, it was almost like learning to read, right? At first, you just kind of pick up on the sensations, and they're like, you know, one-word things or or, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, what do you call it? Almost like you're, you're trying to figure out the language a little bit. But the more you begin to find language to identify or name the sensations that your body holds, um, the more you begin to build a narrative. And as you begin to build a narrative, at some point you begin to build the story of yourself. Write a fuller story of yourself. And for Nina, as she kept this practice going, she finally reached this place where she realized that she was like the storyteller, right? As she tends to her body, she becomes the storyteller of her own, she, her own story, that she's responsible for the story that is her. And when, when she described that, she said, when she came to that place, it, it, she, her quote is, it transformed my life completely, right? It transformed my life completely when I realized that I am my own storyteller. And much of the content of that story is held within my body. How do I allow it to begin to tell that story with me? You use, you use different nomenclature in the way in which you would describe something happened to your body than probably most people are are there yet. How did that, almost poetic, it's almost like a poetic relationship with your body, has the changing of language, like you're doing, opened up even greater degrees of awareness? How, how has the language world that you're using 
related to your capacity world for attending to body. How, have you noticed a relationship between those two? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I, I will often in somatic therapy sessions use fairies or dancing yeah, right. on, that my, was the one. on my skin or the sunshine. And I think a lot of that just has to do with um, what is familiar to you or what is comfortable for you in your nomenclature and in yeah. your discourse of how you can describe sensations. And I think, I think in the process of uniting and con reconnecting to your body, um, you can really use any sensations to name what it is. Some yeah. people use more terms like buzzing or electricity or, or more common words like tension, tightness, um, expansiveness, uh, space, hmm. um, warmth, you know, coolness, yeah. um, sort of more descriptive terms. But for me, I think it's, it's made the journey of reconnecting to my body just more um, almost fun in a way yes. to sort of use. And I'm a big fantasy lover. I mean, I would live in a forest and be an elf if I could. So I think, I think even just my, my reading has helped me find ways to describe. Right. Um, and I think my love for nature, I often use a lot of nature terms to describe. Yeah. So I think it's really, you know, there's no limit to how you can name your right. sensations. That's part of, I think, the narrative of your body is you are the storyteller. Right. You choose. You can choose the way that you describe this, the story and you can you can d use any sort of um, descriptors that you want or what really resonates the most with you and with your soul yeah. to describe your book. For her, when she was able to become the storyteller, when the body became more like a narrative that she could use as a foundational piece, that's when it seemed to really connect with her sense of who she really is, her deepest sense of soul, if you will, her most authentic self that she brings to the table for the present moment. So the challenge, I think, for us, and we're going to explore this a little bit um, in the next episode as well, but the challenge is how do you tap into a conversation with your body's story? And can you allow that conversation not only to give you just the simple words of what that felt like or what that experience might have been for you, but then can it become a larger narrative that helps inform your own soul's journey? That's where I think uh, we want to take this content. What, what, is some of the, what are some of the benefits of that? Was for Nina, and I love this too, as she said, I finally discovered my intuition. This helped her grow in her confidence of how to integrate a sense of her intuition into the way in which she sorts through all of the experiences and the content and the possibility that she lives in today. How do you bring your full intuition into that conversation? And for her, as she began to get in touch with her body, she could tell how her body was responding intuitively to situations in a much more um, functional way, right? That intuition wasn't just like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting super tight all of a sudden. It's more nuanced, right? You can feel how your body's responding to certain situations. Have you found that the, um, that freedom of both uh, conversational freedom that you have with your body now and the listening patterns you've established through the probably daily or weekly ritual of yoga, has it changed 
your kind of almost like physiology that you are more at ease or your has it had an effect? I guess what's the effect you think of this uh, diving into your own body story has had on your personal, you know, life? You know, your existential aware. You know, how would you describe yourself existentially now that you're able to do that? Oh, it has transformed my life completely. My life has has, has never been the same since <sighs> understanding my wow. body. I mean, in many ways. For example, now I am much more in touch with my intuition than I think I've ever been in my uh, whole life. I don't even think I knew what intuition, my intuition right. felt like or what it was. Um, because oftentimes our intuition, at least what I've learned, is that when your intuition is speaking to you, it really speaks to you a lot through your body. Your body is calm. It has a space to receive the message. The message is not frantic. It's not emotionally mm -hmm. charged. Mm -hmm. And it's a clear inner knowing and your body is there to receive it. Whereas before, I would often mistake my anxiety for and my fear for intuition. And that is a much more emotionally charged, your body's kind of cramping, yeah. um, it feels frantic, um, you know, it just feels much more charged. And I think I would, without doing any of this somatic awareness that I've done, I don't think I would have ever been able to be in touch with my intuition and, and have just clear, clearer insight on my values and yeah. the decisions that, that I make in life. Wow. When, we, when, when I thought about talking to you, I was trying to figure out how would you, you know, we call this uh, soul body, because we were trying to figure out ways in which this percolates down to that core of your being, that, that place where you feel is your most authentic self. How would you describe like your own soul's landscape would you even use that language? Would you use other language? And the way in which now your soul body is uh, integrated more fully. How would you talk about yeah, that? Yeah, I think soul body and I, you know, uh, there's also uh, terms that are used like your higher self, your authentic self, mm -hmm. um, inner child is, mm -hmm. is, a, is something that I've also been delving very deeply in, which our inner child uh, can also resemble our higher self yeah. and a, a voice of our soul. And so I would say that it, you know, just uncovering the body has really helped me hear the voice. I think there was so much noise when there's so much being held in your body and you don't know how to name what's happening or you don't understand why your body is reacting a certain way in, in situations. Mm -hmm. um, there's so much noise that it's really hard to hear the whispers of your soul body, your higher self, your inner yeah, child. Yeah. And, and our authentic self is really what represents our, our pureness. It really represents our deepest self of who we are and, and our guiding values and, and how we're truly connected, right? Mm -hmm. um, to each other and to the universe around us. Yeah, that's beautiful. As she was talking, I was thinking about where I began and where I was kind of exploring with you too, that idea that much of my idea of soul I kind of imported from an institution. But that religious tradition that I grew up in always talked about faith being a living thing or a dynamic thing, that you have a, a living faith, or we even think of the, you know, the biblical narrative as a living word. And I'm like, yeah, well, I, I get that, but sometimes it feels like when 
when religion is a kind of a construct that is an external construct that I'm trying to understand in my head, when that happens, it slowly starts to get too rigid and then it starts to die, right? There's no life in it anymore. It becomes like a dead religion to you. And I've had experiences like that. I'm sure you have parts of my religious experience growing up that I thought were like strong and absolute were just so rigid that they just can't track with you as you mature or as experiences come up for you in your life. And you're stuck seeing them as kind of these entities that just don't have any life in them anymore. I think that this idea of inviting your kind of own body into the conversation breeds some life into your religious experience, right? So your religious experience is not just about adopting or incorporating this external idea into who you are, but it's about a kind of a living conversation, a breathing conversation, so that um, it's almost like this invitation to conversation is like taking this uh, renewed breath over and over again, almost like the breathing on the meditation mat, right? It becomes a living conversation you are almost being born or reborn in every new breath. And some aspect of that I think is available to all of us if we would tend to the way in which our bodies are trying to talk to us, to find our intuitive scent, to pay attention to the long narrative of our life story that is held right here in this sacred body that is, uh, is really who I am. My hope for you and even my hope for myself is that in some ways, every breath, including my last breath and your last breath, can be like a first breath within that kind of sacred body. You know, that every breath is connected to who I am at my deepest level, and then that's folded into my idea of who I am at my deepest self. And I think that would be just a, a beautiful way to incorporate what Nina has shared with us into how we live each and every day. In our next episode, Dan explores the way Nina listens to her body so as to trust her own intuitive inner self. Join us. This episode of Soul Forum has been brought to you by Storycatcher for iPhone, a fun and simple tool that helps you create shareable keepsake video stories. Be the documentarian in your circles. Find Storycatcher, spelt as all one word, on the Apple App Store. You may attend Soul Forum Live each Sunday morning at Creekside Commons in Lafayette, California. The 30-minute presentation is also live-streamed via YouTube and Facebook where people interact via the chat. After the live stream is complete, for those gathering in person, we then enter into a non-recorded group discussion on the day's topic. We'd love for you to join us for Soul Forum.